Well, good morning, Church of the Lakes, and welcome to Virtual Church. Uh, boy, crazy, crazy things going on around us, uh, but God is good. Amen? And, and we know that our God still sits on the throne. He's sovereign in control of all things. So I'm excited to do church in a different way. Uh, Got to be honest, feels a little weird to be in here in the auditorium uh, virtually by myself. I got Lizzie and Arthur doing uh, sound and lights and all that sort of stuff and the cameras, but... Uh, but anyway, where you are there, I just want to tell you that we're glad to join with you in this way. And I really want to encourage you to reach out to other people in the church, man. Let's make sure we're staying connected. Uh, really easy for us to get isolated. A couple quick announcements before I get into our teaching. And that is, uh, I want to remind you that all activities, including the Thrive Center, for right now are suspended. Uh, we are just trying to be um, good with the rest of our culture, you know. I think it's it's hard for the younger generation and you younger people I know we hear this and we're like yeah what's the big deal it's not going to be that big deal I'll get a little sick but it's really more about others and especially in our area we have a lot of active adults and so we are being sensitive to and understanding that the best way for us to do this is to do a little bit of social distancing and so be smart in that uh, small groups if you would like to still get together and just be smart in that and wash your hands. And if you're sick, not to go. Uh, those, that's the one area that I think would be great to continue is to have some of those groups still get together, uh, especially in the week or two to come. Uh, let's help each other family-wise. Uh, people are going to get a little bit of cabin fever and uh, maybe even dealing with kids, etc. cetera. So uh, just, uh, just be really conscious. And I'm going to make an effort to call a number of people every day. Uh, just to touch base, just to say, hey, what's up? How you doing? How's your, how you're emotionally, mentally? Uh, what's God saying to you? You got plenty of downtime. Have you gotten in his word today? And those type of things. So all activities right now are suspended until April the 15th is, is kind of the, the, uh, temporary date right now. And we'll be updating every day. With that said, I want to remind you that we were going to have the barbecue. And refunds are available. If you desire and need a refund, we'll be happy to give that to you. If you are happy to let that stay, it will go into our missions and will go towards mission trips, whether we reschedule Jamaica or some others in the future. A uh, couple other things that are opportunities. Man, a great way for you to uh, deal with this whole deal is to serve. And so we have an opportunity actually to volunteer, volunteer right here at Leesburg High School. And uh, we have school lunches for kids that are on free and reduced lunches. We actually are going to have the opportunity to hand out lunches. They're going to do drive-through lunches. Uh, only 10 people can come, uh, so seven of us can sign up each day. Monday, tomorrow is already taken. I'll be here with the administrative staff, and we'll get a good system going of how it works. Bagged lunches, families drive in the front of the school, we hand it to them, they circle and go back out. And so that's 1030 to 1 each day. They will be doing uh, school lunches here and would love to have volunteers. You can get online and sign up for a particular day. If you get on there and sign up and it doesn't let you register, well, it's probably because that day is already full because we only take seven per day to keep with our social distancing guidelines. want to also remind you tomorrow morning, uh, would love to have you join me. I will be live on Facebook at 5 a.m. I'm going to do that indefinitely. Uh, every morning from now till, except for Sundays, because Sundays we'll have uh, church virtually at 10 a.m. But every more, every uh, every day at 5 a.m., I will have you um, have prayer time and have a time to op to update you if there's any updates about things that are going on, service opportunities. I spoke with the head of the Chamber of Commerce yesterday, chief of police, a couple of city commissioners, uh, Mr. Randolph, and other school board members. So we are staying very connected on what is going on in the community and what needs the community has. And while we're saying that, 
hey, um, support your local businesses. Uh, obviously, we know that this is going to take a hit on a lot of our local businesses. And so, man, if you can take advantage of a to-go order. I mean, I'm thinking about a lot of the restaurants that can't have sit-down and all they're doing is drive-through. Um, if you can buy something, and I know you're, you're tempted to do it on Amazon or something like that, but man, if you can get out of the house for five minutes safely, wash your hands, etc. Um, but if you can get out of the house for a few minutes and support one of our local businesses, that'd be phenomenal and go a long, long, long way. Um, and then also, while this teaching is going on, parents, I want to let you know that we have recorded a children's church teaching that is the children's church that they would have done. My wife and my girls recorded it, and it's on Right Now Media. So right now, you can actually take your phone or your tablet, give it to your kids, and put up, pull up Right Now Media, and there's a place where it says Lakes Kids, and you can go in there and click on the video, and while you're listening to this teaching, your kids can be uh, doing what they would have done in children's church. So we have virtual children's church available for them as well on Right Now Media. If you're not signed up yet, cotlakes.com is the website. Right at the top, there's a tab that says Right Now Media. It'll take you almost no time to sign up real quick so that you have an account for Right Now Media. And then lastly, there should be notes at the bottom if you want to look down in the description there. For those of you who are note takers um, and you want to even uh, uh, print these out so that you can take notes, there should be notes right down there at the bottom. So uh, you can imagine I spent quite a bit of time praying and considering... What are we going to talk about today? What, what, is, it, what is it supposed to look like? What, what is a, the, the pastor's responsibility to speak to the people? Um, given this is really unprecedented. This is, this is something that not, none of us have ever experienced. And, and so it's just, a, it's just a weird story. I mean, when you really you think about it and you think about all the technological advances we have, such a weird story. And then I thought about something that I actually said to you, I think it was three weeks ago. And these are the words that I said to you in a teaching three weeks ago. You don't get to pick your story, but you do get to pick who you are in your story. And isn't that true? We, we don't get to pick our story. We may be quarantined. Some of you may not be able to work right now. A lot of things. But we do have a choice about who we are in the midst of this story. And so I want to give some honor real quick before I get into this. Um, because a lot of, of what my material that I have today comes from Pastor Chris at Church of the Highlands. And I just want to give honor where honor is due. Um, I heard him teach some of this a long time ago, and I was reminded about it, and I pulled some of his notes and some of those things to say, you know what, this is a word, this is a really good for, word for us at a time like this. So I just want to give honor to Pastor Chris that a lot of this material is, is something that he has put together. How do we control who we are in the midst of the story? Hebrews 12 and 2 says this. Keep your eyes on Jesus, both who began and finished this race we're in. In other words, Jesus did this too. Jesus had struggles. He had trials. He had issues that he went through. And so he understands. Check this out. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Well, that's, that's important for us to remember. What does God have for us? Where are we headed? Everything should be done with, in view of eternity and what he has for us, Right? That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, shame, whatever. While that is not necessarily true of you and me, it is true of Jesus. And it is true of you through the power of Jesus. That we can, we can deal with 
anything if we keep our vision in the right place and we model what he has done. It says, and now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. So I want to talk about, let's model what Jesus did. How how did Jesus deal with trials? And there are three words that just jump out that if you're going to take three words and you're going to say, you know what, this kind of is a summary of this, this sort of summarizes the way Jesus was. It's recorded in John 19 and 30, and it's these three words. It is finished. Jesus is hanging on the cross, and he says, it is finished. And what I want you to actually understand is, this is these are not the last words that he said. Like we, we have that picture of him hanging on the cross and we picture and go, you know what? Um, he, he said those words and then, well, that's not exactly when it ended. In other words, he's hanging there and he says, it is finished. And then when he finishes that, guess what? He's still hanging there. He's still suffering. It was actually a time after that he said some more words and released his spirit. And then he, he, he went to be with the father, right? He, he physically died. And so the reason that is so important is because I want you to understand what Jesus did in that moment. He said it is finished, not because of what was going on in his current circumstance, but because he knew God was at work and there was going to be an ending. In other words, I'm going to say it to you this way, this, this way. Be assured there is a purpose and there is an end. There is a purpose and there is an end to everything. I cannot think of any worse suffering moment in human history than Jesus hanging on that cross. Having carried all the shame and sin of the whole world and yet making the statement not when it's over but in the middle of it. It is finished. See, we are praying for solutions and wisdom for this time. But as followers of Jesus, we live under, it is finished. The goal for today is for us to focus on and remember the assurance that we have. Because I think that the most intense virus that we're battling right now is fear. Fear is way worse than the effect of the coronavirus. It isolates. It it, it causes us to make all kinds of, of, of bad decisions. Let me say this to you. Don't make don't make a permanent decision in a temporary situation, right? That, that's, that's the reality of us understanding. No, 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 it's finished. God's got a plan. There's some purpose and there's some meaning to what he's doing. The church, the church has to stay open. And you go, well, but, it, but it's not. I'm sitting at home watching you on TV right now. No, 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 you didn't hear me. The church is you. The church is me. The church is not a building Right? We meet in an auditorium of a school. The church comes to the auditorium of the school. The church needs to stay open. And the way the church is going to stay open is for us to be beacons of hope. Right? Beacons of assurance. Beacons of, hey, it is finished. God has a plan. God knows that there is something that he is working out if we would trust him. See, the enemy would love for us to isolate. Right? We, everybody isolates in fear and starts getting scared of each other. My, my wife was at Walmart and she said, um, a lady in the line sneezed. And oh Lord, <laughs> you would have thought that, you know, the death glares, like, right, that, that she got. And they were just like, what? And she's like, I'm not sick, I swear. And then everybody started laughing. But there is some reality to that fear and this isolation. And what happens when you isolate? Depression, frustration, 
fear? Listen to me. The church is, is the answer. Not Sunday morning services. The church. You and I reaching out to people, taking groceries to people, checking in on others. Maybe, maybe this will show us how to slow down a little bit and pay attention to people instead of being in such a hurry, right? To actually have real conversations with our neighbors, with our family members, with our kids. Somebody said this, and I thought this was phenomenal. A smooth sea never made a skillful sailor. And the reality is, is we're not the church when everything's all cool. We're not the church when, you know, we can come here and the air condition's working perfectly and Marcus and the band are killing it and Pastor Mike's telling Boudreaux jokes and life's all fancy and good and I got my donut holes and it's all good. I mean, like, that's not church. Church is when it all hits the fan. And the people of God stand up and say, no, we're going to be beacons of hope. Like, because why? Because just like Jesus said, it is finished. Not because it's finished in this moment, but because we know the ending of the story. We know that God has all things in the palm of his hand, right? Right in the palm of his hand. So I want to look a little bit at a story today. And it's a story, if there's any story that, that we could relate that's really, really kind of good is, is the book of Job. Right. And for those of you who don't know, uh, let me give you a quick update on the book of Job. So the Job was this guy uh, that the devil said, hey, look at him. I think uh, I could get him to fall away from you. And God says, I don't think so. And the devil says, let me give it a shot. So God actually allows him, which is kind of a weird whole scenario. But he loses everything, loses his family, loses his house, gets sick. All this interesting part, though, he he doesn't lose his wife. I get this picture of the devil going, all right, I'm taking this and I'm taking that and I'm going to take his wife. And God goes, eh, no, you can leave her. Well, she, she must've been a piece of work. <laughs> I mean, like if God, the devil decided we're going to put boils on him and leave the wife anyway, let me give you an example. So one day he's got boils all over him. He takes a clay pot and he starts scraping off the skin. And this is one of the only place where she's recorded in the Bible, having said anything. And this is what she says to him. Why don't you just curse God and die? That's, that's, that's amazing, right? I mean, now we understand why she was left there. But anyway, but let's look at the story of Job, um, and, and understand a little bit. Because if you look at the book of Job, it's, it's a historical and poetic book. And so you have to understand that if you're gonna understand all the meanings to it. So the first couple chapters are historical. The last couple chapters are historical. And then between it's kind of poetic. Well, in chapter 30, Job says this, and boy, isn't this the true of us? When you and I get into a situation where we're uncomfortable or we don't like it or um, it's just not the way we wanted it to go, listen to Job's words, Job 30 and, and, and 12. I call to you, O God, but you never answer me. <laughs> you ever said that, honestly? You ever been like, God, are you even listening right now? I mean, that's where Job's attitude was. And he goes, and when I pray, you pay no attention. Boy, isn't that true of how quick and easy for us to get to the place where we're like, God, this is not going the way I want. So you don't listen to me. You don't pay attention. Well, go down to Job 38 and 1. And um, this goes on for a couple chapters of him just belly aching. And then God decides to respond. Look, look at this. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge. Words without knowledge. In other words, what do you really know? 
right? You don't have, you know what? You don't know the ending. In other words, you don't know it is finished. You, you don't understand that I have a plan in all of this. Brace yourselves like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. <laughs> can you imagine God saying that to you? Like, can you imagine that moment? Like, okay, big boy, here we go. Buckle us, tighten up your seatbelt. Here we go. It's, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me. Tell me if you understand. God gets a little sarcastic. If you can't see humor in God's word, then, then you're missing it. Like, this is kind of hilarious. Like, God gets a little, little mouthy with him. Who marked off the dimensions, off its dimensions, talking about the earth? Surely you know. I love that. Like, surely you know, since you're so smart, you got it all figured out. And then he says, who stretched uh, a measuring line across it? And then Job gets to the place where all people will eventually be. Because here's Job's response, right? Chapter 40. Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth, right? We don't know how much, we don't know as much as we think we do. A lot of the time, right? Like we, we think we've got it all figured out. And then something like coronavirus and quarantines make us come to the place where we are reintroduced to the concept that we're really not in control. We're reintroduced to the concept that there's something bigger than me and something that I can't control, right? And we're all, every one of us at some point, it, it, the scripture tells us every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, right? So everybody is going to come to this place. We don't know how much, we, we really don't know how much we think we do and God is at work and he's working something out at the finish line. In other words, it is finished, Right? It's, it's, it's vision to understand that our God is in control and has all things at hand. Job 42. Then Job replied to the Lord. And I want to tell you there's three things here that actually drive some theology and some doctrine that we carry today that are pulled out of these particular verses. Three, three doctrinal qualities that we learn in theology. Job 42 says, then Job replied to the Lord. Here's the first one. I know that you can do all things. And I want you to catch the words, I know. I know. I, I, has Job seen it? No. Has he felt it? No. I mean, as he's saying that, he's probably sitting there with boils on on a heap of ash, right? And his wife mocking him in the background, probably. But he says, I know. In this moment, God, you have reminded me. And I have chosen, I've chosen to humble myself. I have chosen to, to realize who I am, that I am the created and not the creator. I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plan without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Right? For us to humble ourselves before God and say that. Here's the second theological thing, and I'm going to walk through this in just a second. Things too wonderful for me to know. Let me just remind you this morning, there's a lot you don't know. There's, there's a lot that we don't know. There's a lot that our God knows that we don't. And we've got to submit and understand that. And then the last one of this, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Three attributes of God. I'm going to go through them real quickly. Number one, 
God is all-powerful. In theology, we call it omnipotence. We've been, we've been studying this with the teenagers in Purple Book just recently. Omnipotence. That God is all-knowing. Look at Colossians 1 and 16. For everything, absolutely everything, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up until this moment. Man, I don't know about you, but I would rather have hope in an all-powerful God than in a very limited me. Right? And that, and that's, we've got to come to that place to remind ourselves that He is all-powerful. Number two, God is all-knowing. He's all-knowing. The, the big theology word is omniscience. Right? That He knows all things. Hebrews 4 and 13. He knows about everyone everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. Nothing can be hidden from Him, right? I want to encourage you to trust your unknown future to an all-knowing God. So often we are trying to control, we are trying to fix, we are trying to even manipulate situations. And the reality is, is that Jesus' people should be more secure in what they don't know than in what we know, right? Number three, God is ever-present, ever-present. The theology term is omnipresence, omnipresence. Look at Hebrews 13, love this. Never will I leave you, never, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Well, let me, let me walk through some scriptures here with you real quick to remind you about a God who is ever present. As, and, and these are the three moments that Job had that I think each one of us had. The God, you are, you're all powerful. You, you have control of all things, even though it looks crazy in my situation. You're all-knowing, you've got it all figured out, but you are everywhere, you're all-present. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 139 and 8, if I go to the heavens and you are there, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Isaiah 43 and 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Isaiah 43 and 5, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Jeremiah 1 and 8, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 1 and 19, they will fight against you, but you will not, they will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And then Jesus says it this way, Matthew 28 and 20, and surely I am with you always, always to the end of the age. If you know that God is for you, then you can face whatever is against you. See, it's in knowing. It's in, it's, it's not in fixing our situation today. It's in knowing who is in control of all situations and, and who has it in the palm of our hand. Our goal today is not, is not answers. Like, it would be great if we could come up with the perfect answers for how to deal with the days that are coming ahead. We don't really have those answers. But our goal today is, to look for assurance, to understand the assurance that Jesus has given us, the assurance that God has promised. There's an old hymn 
called Blessed Assurance. I want to read the words to you. Uh, we don't sing uh, too many hymns anymore uh, here at Church of the Lakes. But this particular hymn, as I was reading the words, I just thought, man, this, this, is, this is a good one. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I, I know I've got glory. I've got vision. Why? I've got in, it is finished mentality. Heir of salvation, because I'm his, I have salvation. Purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Perfect submission, all is at rest. Did you catch that? In perfect submission, when I'm submitted, when I have it is finished mentality, when it's all going bad, when I'm Job sitting there with boils on me, I still have it is finished mentality because I see what it is that, that God is doing. Right? Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior and happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story and this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. If there is anything that I think we can do right now, right here today, on this particular Sunday morning, when everyone else is kind of grasping for toilet paper, <laughs> right? It's for us to say, our job is to know blessed assurance. Our job is to know who our God is. And then our job is to go and help others understand what that blessed assurance is. So I want to close out today by giving you some statements that I'm going to ask you to read every day. I'm going to ask you to write these statements out and actually maybe every morning read these statements because when every time you turn on the TV, um, the number's gone up and there's a new report. And, it's not, and I mean, I don't know if, if, if I'm the only one, but man, if you turn and sit and watch that TV long enough, you start getting a little freaked out. Like you start wondering, what's, well, what about this? And what about that? And, it's, and, and so let me give you some statements because, boy, Paul, Paul, Paul he, sometimes when you think about who Paul was and what he went through, it's crazy, uh, but he somehow had this assurance. He somehow had this, it is finished mentality, even in the middle of the chaos. Second Timothy 1 and 12, Paul writes this, I am suffering, yet I am not ashamed, catch these words, because I know. I'm not, I'm not afraid because I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. Somebody say the words, it is finished. It is finished. Even in the middle of it, we know that God has got it all worked out. So here are some statements for us to use this week to renew our own minds. Number one, I know that God loves me. Number one, I know that God loves me. And, and that may, for some people, go, you know, that, that seems really basic. Listen to me. You need to go back to that because if you're sitting and watching Fox or CNN or one of the TV channels or whatever, or BBC and whatever, and you're seeing what's going on here and there and everything else, uh, you can get to a place real quick where you just are fearful. And when you're fearful, you've forgotten that you have a God who gave his one and only son for your life. Right? He, he, and for those of you who would say, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I haven't done. But God does. And he gave his son anyway. Right? He, he gave his son. And that is, that is how you know that he loves you. 
Lamentations uh, chapter 3. I love that there's a whole book in the Bible about whining and complaining. Lamentations 3 and 21. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Boy, that's another hymn there. We may have to sing some hymns soon. Number two, I have some old people just gave some amens on that one. All right, (laughs) number two, I know that God wants the best for me. I know that God wants the best for me. And that's hard for some people to wrap around because we have this Wizard of Oz God. Like, do you remember Wizard of Oz? Remember the big green fake, green face and the puff of smoke and the guy in the back doing the whole, right? Like we have this kind of like cower. I've got to walk in and be all worried. Yeah, like, like God. And that's not who God is. And, and, and some of us, that's because we grew up in church like that. We grew up in church with a kind of, you know, every Sunday you needed to come and get saved again because, you know, God was going to strike you down if you did this or you went to an R-rated movie or, or whatever kind of thing. And I, I need you to hear something. Like God wants you to do healthy things, but God loves you and he wants the absolute best for you. Look at Romans 8 and 31. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or out of toilet paper, or threatened with death, right? I mean, it's crazy how quickly we look at these things and we're like, I can't eat what I want. Jen and I went to Walmart the other day. There was no meat, no beef or chicken, right? And it was like, this is kind of weird. Like, I feel like we're in, you know, some third world country or whatever, but we had spaghetti. And you know what? We're grateful to have spaghetti, um, and, and, and so like to listen to this, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble, calamity, persecution, hunger, destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, no, that's not what it means. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us, right? He loves you. He wants the best for you. Number one, I know that God loves me. Number two, I know God wants the best for me. Number three, I know that God has a plan for me. I know that God has a plan for me. It is hard for us to grasp when we're going through troubled times that that is God's plan. So let me give it to you in in an illustration of eagles. So when eagles have eaglets, um, I don't know what they're actually called. I just should have looked that up. But when they have eaglets um, or little birds, little eagle birds, right? Um, when they're in the nest, the mom has patted it down and made this nest and she's taken feathers and she's made this like down where it's all so nice and comfortable. So they're sitting in there in a nice comfortable place and she's bringing them food. Now who wants to leave that, right? I mean, like that's why there's 30 year old eagles living in the basement. But anyway, so what the eagle mom does is she actually starts to take some of the feathers and the down stuff and take it out to where the sticks are sticking, sticking out and it's uncomfortable. She actually makes it uncomfortable for the eagles. Why? So that they'll fly the coop so that they'll fulfill what they're supposed to do. For some of us, God is going to use this in the coolest, most amazing ways. It's really uncomfortable in some different ways. We really kind of have some stressors and we're fighting to not let fear take over. But I want you to understand maybe God is making it a little bit uncomfortable because he wants to do some great things. Because he wants you to get out of this nest 
and fly to whatever it is that he has, the plan that he has. He has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I want you to, again, I want you to join me each day starting tomorrow this week. Whether it be at 5 a.m. live or it be later on in the day. But we will be adjusting ways that we can meet, like digitally for small groups, or even been thinking about how we might still do life steps. God is using this to bring healthier adjustments to all of us. Like for some of us, we need to sit still and spend some time with our kids. And so, guess what? (laughs) Here it comes, no school. And so we need to understand God has a plan. He is in control of all things and he has a plan. We just have to have it is finished perspective, right? We just have to have that perspective that even though I'm in the midst of it, it's finished. God, before there was a problem, God had a plan to solve it. That's how big our God is, right? It's not like God was sitting here and he went, oh, coronavirus. No, no, no. Before that ever came, our God had a plan. Number one, I know that God loves me. Number two, I know that God wants the best for me. Number three, I know that God has a plan for me. Number four, I know that God will bring me through. I know that God will bring me through. Second Timothy 4 and 18 says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. All right. Thinking back to Paul again, Paul makes the statement, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I love the thought there of this. So here's who Paul is. Paul actually is, is, is thinking to himself, it's almost like he was having a battle on the inside. You know, like, I kind of want to keep living because, man, to see people come to Jesus and to see lives restored and all that, that's amazing and that's awesome. But, man, I sure do want to go to heaven and meet Jesus, right? And then here comes the people along and they're like, we're going to chop your head off. And Paul's kind of like, okay, cool, that'll help solve my decision for me. Right? I mean, that is, it is finished perspective, right? The, the understanding that the work that we have to do, that God has for us, listen to me, the church is not closed. We are the church. And if we know these things, these statements, if we know these things, then we turn around to our community and help them know these things as well. Right? And so in this blessed assurance, sit in the fact that your God has all things under control, all things in the palm of his hand. And when you know that, when you grasp that, when you get these statements into your head and you really know them for yourself, you're going to be the church. Because you're going to have a peace that passes all understanding. And you're going to have the ability to pass that peace along to those that you need to touch and to love on. And so let me pray for you today. And I want to pray multiple things. One, I want to pray... For any of you here today and you've heard it a little bit differently and you've never had that peace and you know that today you need to accept Jesus to be your Lord and Savior because you want that peace, right? And you would confess today that you have sin in your life that you would like for him to take away and he'd be happy to wash it all away no matter what it is and to give you new life with him. Some of you maybe have felt far away from God for a while or maybe even this virus has driven you to that place. You feel more fear then you do the presence of God. And so today, the, the, my prayer is, is that you will feel and understand the assurance of who our God is and what he says about you 
and, and his plans for you and his thoughts and his ideas to, to prosper you and take you forward in what it is that he's called you to do. So let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for your word. Father, I, I am, I feel stirred today just from hearing your word again, just saying those words again and understanding that you love us. You got a plan for us. You want best for us. You're going to carry us through this. You've got it all in control of your hand, right in the palm of your hand. And so would you bring peace to anyone who's battling right now and struggling a little bit with fear or depression or frustration? God, help us to know these things about you. Help us to have it is finished mentality in the way that we see all that is going on in the world around us. And then, Father, I pray right now with those who today need to give their heart to you for the first time. So would you touch them right where they are? And if that's you today, pray something as simple as this. Jesus, I confess my sins to you. I acknowledge I need you to be my savior. Please come into my life and make me new. And as best as I understand, I'm going to serve you for the rest of my days. We pray all of these prayers in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. We'll see you guys next week.